Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyer, your host. This is the day of days, the resurrection day, the radiant resurrection, and how blessed and happy we are. We have finally come to this day after all of the rigors of the Lenten season, the season of the great fast, and even more severe rigors and prayer of the great week, the week of the bridegroom that just preceded this day of days. But finally, it is here. We are filled with joy. I have to admit that as a priest, over the 34 years that I have been a priest, I find it sometimes the most challenging to preach a homily during days like this, because the liturgy and everything else that goes with the church's traditions and celebrations on a day like this are so rich, so deep, so powerful that I really don't know what else I could say that would add to that. The liturgy, in a sense, speaks for itself. The great tradition of the church so speaks for itself, so well how it speaks for itself, that I just, well, I do the best I can. (laughs) So sometimes we draw upon some help, such as the tradition in the Eastern churches of reading on this day during the resurrection matin service, the resurrection homily of St. John Chrysostom. So rather than my own words, let's hear the words of the golden mouth himself in his famous resurrection homily. Let all pious men and all lovers of God rejoice in the splendor of this feast. Let the wise servants blissfully enter into the joy of their Lord. Let those who have borne the burden of Lent now receive their pay. And those who have toiled since the first hour, let them now receive their due reward. Let anyone who came after the third hour be grateful to join in the feast, and those who may have come after the sixth. Let them not be afraid of being too late, for the Lord is gracious, and he receives the last, even as the first. It gives rest to him who comes on the eleventh hour, as well as to him who has toiled since the first. Yes, he has pity on the last, and he serves the first. He rewards the one and is generous to the other. He repays the deed and praises the effort. Come, you all, enter into the joy of your Lord. You the first and you the last. Receive alike your reward, you rich and you poor. Dance together. 
You sober and you weakling, celebrate the day. You have kept the fast, and you who have not, rejoice today. The table is richly loaded. Enjoy its royal banquet. The calf is a fatted one. Let no one go away hungry. All of you enjoy the banquet of faith. All of you receive the riches of his goodness. Let no one grieve over his poverty. For the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let no one weep over his sins. For pardon has shone from the grave. Let no one fear death. For the death of our Savior has set us free. He has destroyed it by enduring it. He has despoiled Hades by going down into its kingdom. He has angered it by allowing it to taste of his flesh. When Isaiah foresaw all this, he cried out, Oh, Hades, you have been angered by encountering him in the netherworld. Hades is angered because frustrated. It is angered because it has been mocked. It is angered because it has been destroyed. It is angered because it has been reduced to naught. It is angered because it is now captive. It seized the body and lo, it discovered God. It seized earth and behold, it encountered heaven. It seized the visible and was overcome by the invisible. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Christ is risen and you are abolished. Christ is risen and demons are cast down. Christ is risen and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life is freed. Christ is risen and the tomb is emptied of the dead. For Christ, being risen from the dead, has become the leader and reviver of those who have fallen asleep. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So there you have the famous words of the famous homily, the resurrection homily of St. John Chrysostom, which we read during the resurrection matin service. Of all the many services during this past week, and also even at Easter itself, of Pascha itself, I believe that in the Byzantine Catholic tradition, the resurrection matins is the most jubilant, the most reflective of the, the joy, the radiance of the resurrection of Pascha. What happens is early in the morning, we first of all gather in the church. The church is darkened and the priest takes a candle from the altar. It is the Paschal candle and he lights all the candles of the faithful with it. And then we sing, when you descended to death, O immortal life, you destroyed the abyss by the radiance of your divinity. And when you raised the dead from the depths of the earth, all the heavenly powers cried out, O giver of life, Christ our God, Glory to you. And then what happens is the priest takes the burial shroud, the image with the image of Christ painted on it, that lays in the tomb in the middle of the church, and he returns it to the altar. The priest, the deacon, and all who are attendants begin a procession then out of the church and around the church, singing this hymn. O Christ our Savior, the angels in heaven, sing the praises of your resurrection. Make us on earth also worthy to extol and glorify you with a pure heart. You see, we take on in this service the posture, the place of the myrrh-bearing women, the women that came to the tomb early in the morning to anoint Jesus' body, thinking it was still there. This is what happens liturgically, and this service is just a perfect example of that. In liturgy, we are transported into time. In fact, we actually transcend time, and we do indeed become the women at the tomb, the first to hear the resurrection. And that happens to us in the liturgy, in and through the liturgy, exclusively through the eschatological Kairos time dimension of the liturgy. Because this resurrection of Christ, if you notice, whenever we speak of it and sing of it in our services, it's spoken of in the present tense. We often do that in our prayers in the liturgy, especially with the events of Christ, like his baptism, also his resurrection. 
his death on the cross. These major events are always spoken of in the present tense. Today this happens. Christ not was risen. He is risen. This is not a history lesson. This is not just a remembrance. This is an actual occurrence in which we are immersing ourselves in. We are entering into it as though it were still happening. And in fact, it is still happening. This event transcends all confines of time. It is timeless. As we go with lighted candles, singing his hymn around the church, the church itself liturgically becomes the tomb, and it is darkened and it is closed. And we come to the entrance of the church, therefore the entrance of the tomb, and the priest sings these verses. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let those who hate him flee from before his face. And the response is, Christ is risen from the dead, by death he trampled death, and to those within the tombs he granted life. Then he sings another verse. As smoke vanishes, so let them vanish, as wax melts before the fire. And again, the response by the people, Christ is risen. He goes through several verses, and finally he says, Glory to the Father, to the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen. And as he does so, he takes a hand cross, and he strikes the doors of the church, the entrance doors, the entrance of the tomb. He strikes it in the sign of a cross, with the hand cross, and the doors seem to magically open. And we enter into the door singing again, Christ is risen from the dead. By death he trampled death. And to those within the tombs he granted life. And then begins, after the litany, begins the wild and exuberant resurrection canon. It is a day of resurrection, O people. Let us be enlightened by it. Now I'm going to read that again. I want you to listen to the rhythm here. Now, I'm not singing it according to the chant, but everything I just read to you on this program thus far, you have to keep in mind that it would be normally chanted to the special chants of Pascha. And listen to the rhythm as I read this. It is the day of resurrection. O people, let us be enlightened by it. The Passover is the Lord's Passover, since Christ, our God, has brought us from death to life and from earth to heaven. Therefore, we sing the hymn of victory. Christ is risen from the dead. Did you hear that meter, that tempo, that rhythm? It was like the feet of the murmuring women running. It is the day of resurrection. It's da 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 da. In fact, the music goes to that rhythm. Da 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 da. It's a very fast pace, as if you could just hear and imagine feet running, people running excitedly from the tomb to go tell the apostles, as Christ instructed the women to do, filled with excitement. Then we respond, Christ is risen, as they did. The women told the apostles, Christ is risen. We have seen him. And eventually the Christians realized and they would say to each other, Indeed, he is risen, just as we do on this day. We sing, Let us cleanse our senses that we may see the risen Christ in the glory of his resurrection and clearly hear him greeting us. Rejoice as we sing the hymn of victory. And all the while the deacon goes up and down, incensing the whole church, shouting to the people, Christ is risen. And the people respond back, Indeed, he is risen. It is a kind of a holy cacophony that's happening. It's literally an explosion of joy, of liturgical joy. After all, we have been immersed in the sorrow, the grievance, the repentance, the ascetical disciplines of fasting and deep prayer all this while. And now it comes to its meaning, its destiny in the resurrection Lord. So we are exuberant. We are overjoyed with joy. As the service progresses, eventually the people and everyone in attendance comes forward and venerates the cross, the icon of the resurrection, and the gospel book. 
while the cantors and the choirs sing the Paschal hymns. When we come back, we're going to look at those Paschal hymns and the rest of the great joy of this resurrection matin service in the Byzantine Church. I am Father Thomas Loya. On Light of the East, Christ is risen, indeed he is risen. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. the Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road. Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. Christ is risen, indeed he is risen. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host on this day of radiant resurrection. As I mentioned earlier, we come to the point in the resurrection matins in the Byzantine Catholic tradition where we have the great Paschal hymns. As the people come forward and venerate the icon of the resurrection, the gospel book, and the cross. In the meantime, the cantors and choirs sing hymns like this, introduced by the priest saying, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let those who hate him flee from before his face. The response is, today the sacred Pascha is revealed to us, holy and new Pasch, the mystical Passover, the venerable Passover, the Pasch which is Christ the Redeemer, spotless Pasch, great Pasch, the Pasch of the faithful, the Pasch which is the key to the gates of paradise, the Pasch which sanctifies all the faithful. There are several verses like that introduced by the priest while the people come forward to venerate. I just want to point out something. As we listen to these words, Today, the sacred Pasch is revealed to us, the holy and new Pasch, the mystical Passover, the venerable Passover. The key phrase here is the mystical Passover. In the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the mystical or last supper of Jesus is, of course, a Passover meal. In the gospel of John, 
that is not a Passover meal. He does not really mention it as such. For the Gospel of John, the Passover really is, as the texts say here, Christ's Passover, a new Passover, a mystical Passover. It was definitely a Passover, but not the traditional one according to the Jewish calendar. It was actually off a day according to John. And so this is why we sing here that this is a mystical Passover. In other words, there's a new meaning to the Sabbath, and there's a day that's even greater than the Sabbath. It is the eighth day. We call Easter or Pascha the eighth day, a day in and of itself that transcends everything, even the old Sabbath. Everything is renewed, and this is definitely a Passover, like the Jewish Passover, but now it's a new one, the mystical Passover, the ultimate Passover, to which the Jewish Passover in the Bible was only pointing to and anticipating. And so we sing, holy and new Pasch, the mystical Passover. In another one of the verses, in fact, this is called the Ikos, is the name of this particular verse in the Matin service, we sing these words, early in the morning before sunrise, as if it were already day, Myrrh-bearing virgins were seeking the sun, previously descended into the grave, and they cried out one to another, Come, O friends, let us anoint with fragrant spices the life-giving, yet already buried body of Christ, who has resurrected the fallen Adam. Listen, let us hasten as did the Magi, and adore Christ, and bring our myrrh as a gift to him, who is wrapped not in swaddling clothes, but in a shroud. Let us weep and exclaim, Arise, O Master, granting resurrection to the fallen. Did you notice the connection here between the event of the incarnation, Christ's birth, and his resurrection? And in fact, even the icons, this is indicated. In the icon of the birth of Christ, he lays in a manger, but the manger really in iconography is a sarcophagus, it's a tomb. And he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, but the swaddling clothes really are burial linens, anticipating and pointing to the ultimate reason of his birth. And so in the liturgy, we combine those two realities, his incarnation, which anticipates his resurrection. And we sing then, let us hasten as did the Magi. See, notice that reference to Christmas. And adore Christ and bring our myrrh as a gift to him, who is wrapped not in swaddling clothes, but in a shroud. Let us anoint with fragrant spices the life-giving yet already buried body of Christ who has resurrected. So you see, gifts of ointment were brought to the newborn child. And here again now, the myrrh is a gift to him who has already now resurrected. So you see how we connect those things in both the iconography and also in the liturgical text of the church, because it really is one continuous movement, actually. In fact, the whole cycle of the church's liturgical cycle is basically based around these two events, Christ's incarnation and that whole season, in other words, his birth and his death and resurrection. But they all, in a sense, become a part of one singular movement, and that movement is Christ emptying himself, Christ kenosis, Christ self-emptying, his humiliation, his condescension to take us on so as to raise us up to our original dignity and even beyond. He does that simply by taking on our own bodies, by taking on our own nature in everything except sin, and then taking that nature and raising it up. And eventually, as we'll see 
in a little while, his ascension, he'll mount that nature on the very throne of heaven with him. You see how it's one continuous move, even though it's several different events. It's one continuous action of our Lord descending, condescending, taking us up to himself to a whole new glorious destiny, the way it was originally meant to be. We have to remember that the greatness of the resurrection lies in the fact that it is the restoration of our original true selves and a testimony, a proof of our destiny. We were made to be glorious, perfect, radiant, as Christ was in his human form and his divine form. And then we were meant to have our bodies and souls remain intact and transfigured and transformed gloriously forever as we are united to the bridegroom Christ in the wedding feast of the Lamb, the eternal liturgy in heaven. That is our destiny. And all this comes to a testimony, a proof, a witness, an assurance in the resurrection. This is what makes it so glorious so special that we sing about it over and over again in so many ways. We repeat this miracle that Christ has risen from the dead by death. He trampled death. And to those within the tomb, he granted life. Now, as the Pascha Resurrection Matins comes to a conclusion, we then move into the Divine Liturgy. And during the Divine Liturgy, we celebrate the Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. And once again, this is our entrance into the fullness of Christ's death and resurrection as we enter into the Eucharist and literally unite our whole selves with the whole self of Christ. The Eucharist is a resurrectional event. Every Eucharist is. This is why we don't have the consecration, the anaphora, the Eucharistic prayer per se, during Lent in the Byzantine church. But we certainly restore it then after Christ's resurrection, because the liturgy, or what might be known in the Western rite as the Mass, the Eucharistic Mass, that is very resurrectional in its character. Not exclusively, because it certainly includes the sacrifice of Christ, his suffering and death on the cross, but it is also primarily a resurrectional event, because it's our touch with the eschaton, with life as it will be in the next life, This life and the next life meet, they converge in the liturgy, especially in the Eucharist, and certainly on a day like today. The next days following this great radiant day of the resurrection are the days we call the days of bright week. The services are much less taxing (laughs) because we've certainly been through very demanding services during the season of Lent and also during Great and Holy Week, the week of the bridegroom. So the services are lessened with a lot of repeated refrains about Christ's resurrection. They are still very rich and full, but they're lighter, a little bit lighter than in previous weeks. And bright week means just that. It means we sustain for that whole week, for eight solid days, that incredible joy of the resurrection. We, we sort of stay on that high, high pitch. On Easter Monday, there is another procession around the church in which, again, we read the four gospels from each corner of the church, the four gospels of the resurrection, which are, are ways of liturgically proclaiming the good news to the whole world. Because remember, we still are those women of the tomb, taking the message first to the apostles, to the community, 
who will then take it to the whole world. That's us. It's not just a history lesson. It's not just reading something in the Bible, a story from 2,000 years ago. It is our story, our reality today. And by reading these four Gospels, one of the things we see, by hearing the rendition of the death and resurrection of Christ, we see that this is a story that wasn't possibly contrived or made up because the four stories are different, just as any story is by as many different witnesses as hear it or see it or experience it. They will all have their own perspective. It'll be similar, basically the same, but not identical. There'll be different experiences, different perspectives. This is part of the proof of the fact that Christ did rise. It was not made up. No, they did not steal and hide his body, then spin this lie. He really did rise from the dead. And that is our joy today, tomorrow, and forever. Thank you for listening. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. WTN home video highlight for April is Fatima, Altar of the World. This documentary testifies to the profound connection between heaven and Fatima. You'll also receive a beautiful one-of-a-kind centennial rosary dedicated to the 100th anniversary of the Fatima apparitions created by Gorelli. Order your DVD and centennial rosary set at EWTNRC.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, or call 1-800-854-6316. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!